fresh word with Reverend Today Amosu. Welcome to our time together in the Word of God. Uh, I want to read to you Matthew 6 from verse 32 to verse 34. Uh, it says this, For after all these things the Gentiles seek, or looking for, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about his own things. Sufficient for the day is his own trouble. How so true of this word applicable to today in our lives. Today, there's enough trouble in the world going around. So Jesus said, do not worry about tomorrow. And he said, when you don't worry about tomorrow, then tomorrow will worry about its own thing. Well, I, I, I love that. That's a good mathematics. That if I can make tomorrow do its own worry, then I'll be free today. And the only way I can make tomorrow to do its own worry is not to worry about it. By the way, let's go back to John. So Matthew six again one more time. He said, "What do we worry about?" He said, "Matthew says, for after all these things, the Gentiles, the people." In the world, seek after. We are looking for what to eat, what to wear, how do we survive in this life? Pay school fees, get that done, climb up the ladder, make this happen, our families, our career. We worry about all these kind of things. He said, the people in this world, they are seeking for a way out to at least put soul and body together. But he said, for your heavenly father knows that you have need of these things. Wow. So somebody knows that I need all these things. My heavenly father. It's a child of God. God really cares about me as my father. And somebody will say, okay, if God really cares, why don't we have it as his children? Then it tells us in the next verse how to have those things that he knows that we need. That's chapter 3, Matthew 6. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. To be honest with you, I have been fascinated with this verse from the time I met Christ because I knew, I, I, I knew that the world I was living in then until now was full of ups and downs. You could never tell what tomorrow will bring. Then the la life was full of changes. Now is much more. Life is now complex. It's highly competitive. And change is the only constant thing in the world. And how do I live this out? How do I see that I'm not left out and I'm getting what I need to live life to the glory of God? Jesus said, pretty simple. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, righteousness, and all, all these other things will be added to you. It's always been my concern. What is the kingdom? How do I seek it? How do I go after it? I've been bothered over the years to find out the kingdom, I've lived the kingdom. And he said, so let's talk about experiencing the kingdom. Seeking the kingdom means experiencing the kingdom so that we can have a sense of sufficiency in this world of lack and shortage. You know, people are looking for health, looking for 
flourishing, they're looking for peace, looking for stability. Jesus said when we seek the kingdom of God and experience it, we will have these things added to us. And then we don't even have to worry about tomorrow because this kingdom will take care of our tomorrow. In this kingdom, tomorrow worries about itself. Because today has enough troubles. The kingdom commit to these troubles and so that tomorrow's worries. I love that. The kingdom of God can meet today's challenges and troubles and sort out tomorrow's worries. Now, how do we just how do we experience the kingdom? By the way, let's look at what Paul said about the kingdom. What's the kingdom? Romans chapter 14, verse 17. It says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now the world was looking for what to eat, what to drink, how to survive, how to be safe, how to be stable, material level. But Bible says the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It's not material in its origin. Yeah, all things will be added to you when you seek the kingdom, but the kingdom is not what is not the material things you seek. He said these Gentiles, this is what they seek material things. But we seek the kingdom that's not eating and drinking. What is the kingdom? He said, righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness is God making everything right. It's God applying his own justice to every situation. Peace is all round prosperity. Nothing missing, nothing broken. And joy is the delight of seeing harmony, and everything going right, working well. Now, that is the kingdom of God. And that only takes place in the Holy Spirit, not in the flesh. For not by power, not by might, but my spirit, says the Lord. Verse 18 says, For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. When you begin to walk in the light of serving God in this way, to seek his kingdom this way, Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, you're going to be acceptable to God and you're going to be approved by men. That means you have both vertical with God and horizontal with men, approval and favor. Praise God. Now, you may say to me, what is imperative of looking for the kingdom? Now, what should I be concerned about the kingdom now? The reason why is because the world is no longer what it used to be. The world is breaking up and breaking apart. And we need something more to help us to navigate through life. Uh, even, you know, in the recent time we have the pandemic, we have the problems around us in the world today. And, and it's going to be around for some time. And then, not only just that alone, but even the economic challenges and the social challenges, marital challenges, and emotional challenges in our world today, will make us to desire something that is much more stable and much more fantastic than what we are living in now. We're looking for a city. We're looking for a place that is much more secure than this material world. And we find it in the kingdom. Let's go to Hebrews 12. Listen to this. Verse 27. Hebrews 12. Now, this yet once more indicate the removal of those things that have been shaken as of things that are made 
that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Verse 26 says, first of all, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, yet once more, I shake not only the heavens, only the earth, but also heaven. Everything is undertaking shaking now. The climate, global warming, the heavenly realm, the physical, the atmosphere, the outer space, everything is going through shaking. Our earth is undergoing political shakings, economic shakings, health challenges at different levels. And so, things are getting shaken. But he said that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. I love verse 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For God is a consuming fire. Now, the fire of God is going through everything on this planet that is not of eternal quality. Things are breaking up, things are breaking apart in the, in the world. But we have an unshakable kingdom, an unshaken kingdom. And this kingdom, this kingdom is what we can rely on now. It's our everlasting foundation now. It cannot be shaken and it's unshakable. It's the kingdom of our God himself. And that kingdom is where God rules, where God has the final authority, and where God takes care of his own. I, 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 love, I love that. I love what God can do. I love his power available to us today, that we can experience this beautiful thing. Let's read something more about this kingdom of God. This kingdom where God is exalted. As I told us more about it, as I 33, says this in verse 5. The Lord is exalted for he dwells on high. He has filled Zion with justice and righteousness. Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of, of your times and the strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. Wow. God wants to be our dwelling place now. And God is exalted. The Lord will fill Zion, his people, with justice and righteousness. He wants to give us Wisdom and knowledge to stabilize our time. Of course, in the world out there, you can see verse 7 says, Surely the valiant ones shall cry outside. The ambassadors of peace shall weep bitterly because of the commotion going on in the world. The highways lie waste. The traveling man sees this. He has broken the covenant. He has despised the city. See, the, the world has broken covenant with God. They have despised the city. They are not in covenant with God. The earth, verse 9, the earth mourns and languishes. Today, the whole world is in mourning and struggling. Mm. But look at verse 17. Or let's make it from verse 15. He who walks righteously and speaks uprightly, he who despises the gain of oppression. He will dwell on high, verse 16. His place of defense will be the fortress of rocks. Bread will be given him, his water will be sure. That's, that's, that's the kingdom of God. Christ said, your father knows that you have need of all these things. Verse 17 says, your eyes will see the king in his beauty in the kingdom. That's the king. They will see the land that is very far off. That's the heavenly realm. Your heart will meditate. Praise God and terror. You will see it around you. Let's go to verse 20. Look upon Zion, the city of our appointed feast. Your eyes will see Jerusalem, a quiet home, a tabernacle that will not be taken down on shaken kingdom. Not one of his stakes will ever be removed. Look at verse 21. But there the majestic Lord will be for us. A place of broad rivers and streams 
Verse 22 says, For the Lord in that kingdom is our judge. Is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. In that kingdom of God is the executive. The king is the judiciary. The lawgiver. The judge. The judiciary. The lawgiver. The legislature. And the executive. The king in our kingdom. Our God is perfect. He can occupy all these offices. Absolutely without any corruption. Because in the realm of human, absolute power corrupt absolutely. But in our Father's kingdom, the, his absolute power is beautiful and is incorruptible. And we can live in that kingdom. Praise God. That's the kingdom available to us. And we can tap into it. So let's experience this kingdom. Let me say it another way like this. James was talking to the people that were dispersed across the land. And he said this to them in chapter 2 verse 5. Listen, my beloved brethren, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he had promised to those who love him? Do you love God? God has his promised kingdom for you. Then he said, has not God chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith? and heirs of the kingdom. You see, whatever area where you are poor, whether in your spiritual life, whether in your soul, whether in your health, whether in your career, whether in your business, whether in your relationship, whether in your marriage, wherever point where you are poor, you can experience the inheritance of the kingdom there. So, welcome if you are in any need, if you have any lack, the kingdom of God is sufficient for you to meet your need over and above. And you don't have to worry about tomorrow. For in this kingdom, tomorrow worries itself. Because this kingdom can take care of every challenge and trouble of today and can sort out our tomorrows. Praise the Lord. Don't forget that. That's the kingdom. As we round up, I want to give a warning. There are some things that we can do to make us not to experience the kingdom as we should. As believers in the king, we need to understand this. These are hindrances to experiencing the kingdom in its fullness and I would like you to be aware of them and then clear these hindrances out of your life if they are there and see that you don't allow them to come into your life so that you can experience the kingdom. What do I mean by this kingdom hindrances or hindrance? Let's look at chapter 5, the book of Galatians. Verse 21. The second part of the verse says this. Just as I told you also in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit or experience the kingdom of God. There are certain things, when you practice them, they will hinder you and not allow you to experience the kingdom of God. They are like, they are going to disable your experience. They are going to hold you back from 
experiencing the kingdom. What are those things? Paul said that those who practice such things. What are those things? Let's look at verse 19. Chapter 5, the book of Galatians. We read verse 21 before. Let's read verse 19 to 20, 21. Now the works of the flesh are evident or are manifest, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissension, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, reveries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Whoa. <laughs> These are the things that will hold us back from inheriting the kingdom of God. I want us to read something that is a little bit clearer, newer translation that will help us to grasp this quite well. Let's listen to this in the New Living Translation. When you follow desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambitions, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like this. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit or experience the kingdom of God. So these are the hindrances or the hindrances that will hold us back from experiencing the kingdom of God. First one is adultery. That means you are married and you are having sex with another woman that's not your own, you're not married to. The second one is fornication. That means you are not married and you are having sex called premarital sex. Then uncleanness has to do with moral impurity. In our mouth, vulgar language, in the things we watch, dirty movies, ungodly expressions that we see around us today, like pornography, then looseness in conduct. You don't have control over your life. They're just anything goes. Then it says idolatry, worshiping idols, partaking in occultism, cult, stuff like that. Also sorcery, practicing juju, witchcrafts. That also includes drug addiction, taking drugs to get high, hatred, hating people, hating particular tribe, particular families, hating, hatred, and quarreling, fighting, and jealousies, envy, outburst of anger, then very divisive and selfish ambitions. We want to get to the top at all costs. We want to cut others down to take over their positions. You're always reckless in your pursuits. Then it says murders, killing, abortions, 
kidnapping, killing people. Talks about drunkenness, wild parties, beer joints, staying there all the time, every night. You go down there to go and just drink. And wild parties where all kinds of sexual things are going on, strip clubs and stuff like that. Says those who practice such things, they will not experience the kingdom of God. Now, my beloved brothers and sisters, I want us to experience the kingdom in these days we are living in. I want us to live and enjoy the blessings of God. Let's determine to remove these hindrances that will contaminate our lives and hold us back from experiencing the kingdom. And let's go forward to enjoy the kingdom. As I round up, I would like us to read the personal translation of Matthew 6 again. I believe it will be a blessing to us and encourage us in experiencing the kingdom to the full. And as we do that, great will be our blessing in Christ Jesus. Let's read it. It's beautiful there. Let's start from verse uh, 25. Matthew 6, verse 25 to 34. This is why I tell you to never be worried about your life, for all that you need will be provided. It has food, water, clothing, everything your body needs. Isn't there more to your life than a meal? Isn't your body more than clothing? Look at all the birds. Do you think they were worried about their existence? They don't plant or reap or store up food, yet your Heavenly Father provides them each with food. I mean, your Heavenly Father, aren't you much more valuable to your Father than they, the birds? So which one of you, by worrying, could add anything to your life? And why will you worry about your clothing? Look at all the beautiful flowers of the field. They don't walk or toil. Yet not even Solomon in all his splendor was robed in beauty more than one of these. So if God has clothed the middle with A, which is here for such a short time, and then dried up and burned, won't he provide for you the clothes you need, even though you live with such little faith? So then, forsake your worries. Why will you say, what will we eat, what will we drink, or what will we wear? For that's what the unbeliever chase after. Doesn't your heavenly father already know the things your bodies require? So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceed from him, then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of itself. God bless you. Thank you for listening. <laughs>